0: entrepreneur on fire 464
1: failures aha moments i've made it moments and the lightning round seven days a week join john lee dumas and today's entrepreneur on fire
0: Selection, speed, and creativity are just a few of the benefits of having several designers work on your design project instead of just one. Start your next graphic design project at 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services for free. Business apps makes it easy to create and manage hundreds of custom mobile apps in minutes with an intuitive drag and drop interface. No coding required. Visit businessapps.com. That's B I Z N E S S apps.com to learn more. Okay, Fire Nation. Let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Christoph Apple. Christoph, are you prepared to ignite?
1: John, I'm a full on paramaniac. Let's go. Ahead.
0: <laughs> I love it. Christoph sold his first business to Listed Media Company at 19. He is the youngest finalist at the World Champs of Public Speaking in Washington, D.C. He ran a global HR consulting business with clients like Nike and Google at 23. And then he lost it all and had to work jobs he hated. In 2012, he traveled to Silicon Valley, raised funding for and launched a startup, Birdie Bank. And this year, another one was said wow. I've given our listeners just a little overview, Christoph. So take a minute. Tell us about you personally, because we want to get to know you. Then give us an overview of your business
1: thanks john yeah i mean i'm i'm originally from south africa um you know so we like our to, our claim to fame at the moment obviously is elon musk and yeah. uh, and um nelson mandela who recently passed away but yeah so i'm originally from there i've uh, always been interested in entrepreneurship and um my first business really started out of my love for for media and and my belief that media and communication has the ability to sort of really change the world and influence and um, so the the first little business was a magazine that went to a bunch of underprivileged high schools in in Africa and basically helped some of these students at these schools to better prepare for their standardized tests at the end of the year that would you know allow them to get into university and then you know moving on from that I went and worked for for a media company and and specifically sort them out so that I could work with a, a really well-known editor and intern sort of under him. And yeah, from there, the, the HR consulting stuff, it's interesting. I, I actually got offered a a golf scholarship to the US when I was in high school, but um, I chose to rather go the business route and ended up at the media company. And I was the, uh, the youngest employee at the company. So, you know, this was sort of before this term of Generation Y even existed. And I started you know, explaining to a company that many of the hiring practices and the way that people are forced to work inside the business were not really aligned with um, my generation's views on what work needs to mean. Um, you know, when I was in high school, when the, the twin towers went down in 2001, and, um, for a lot of people in my generation, that was this pivotal moment where, where we really started to evaluate what life meant and what work meant. And and I think that, you know, we've seen it now, obviously, where people choose work as an extension of themselves and their identity and who they are. So, you know, I then started doing a lot of consulting for companies on how they really attract, develop and retain um, top young talent, but make sure that the people that they get into that company are people who really want to be there and people that can really make a difference for that business. And that's sort of where the, the HR stuff, you know sort of came about and um, you know obviously I had some some failures and some successes along the way of you know this whole entrepreneurial lifestyle.
0: Well Christoph you know that we're going to dive into those in just a little bit but before we do get into that fascinating journey of yours we start entrepreneur on fire off with a success quote to really get that motivational ball rolling and you get that pyrotechnic side of you fired up so take it away.
1: There are two ones that really stand out me, and the, and the first one is uh, one by Winston Churchill, which is uh, "When there is no enemy within, the enemies outside cannot hurt you," and you know, that's quite a pivotal one. And then, just you know, due to Nelson Mandela recently passing away, he's in the news a lot, and. He said something that really stuck with me a long time ago. I, I was very lucky to meet him um, a few years ago and, and spend some time with him. And he said, you know, education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. And, and he sort of meant that in terms of education in any form or format. It doesn't just have to be schooling or traditional education.
0: Wow. Well, I'm fascinated with both quotes for obvious reasons, but let's kind of focus on the Churchill quote because I'm kind of curious as to why you chose that one. And how do you actually apply that mantra to your life?
1: Being an entrepreneur is just this minefield of of experiences and um, fears and doubts and insecurities. And one of the biggest things that um, really changed my life was uh, meeting Richard Branson. And uh, I met him maybe when I was about 20, 21 years old. And it's it's weird how it happened. He he was coming to South Africa to launch a business there. And I heard that he was staying in a specific hotel in, in Johannesburg. So I... I went through to the hotel and I decided I'm going to sit in this lobby until Richard Branson arrives. And then I'm going to introduce myself. And it was the most <laughs> tormenting three hours of my life. I literally sat on that couch waiting in the lobby. And I had a million voices inside my head saying, you shouldn't be here. Why would he even want to talk to you? What are you doing? This is silly. You should leave now. You weren't invited. And it's, And it's this constant... Um, I think the the battle of being an entrepreneur is constantly hearing some of those voices, whether they're internal or external, and and um, really conquering them. And and a lot of that self doubt and you know fear that we have. So um, one of the the short version of the story is that Richard Branson walks into the lobby and he's got you know four or five personal assistants around him, and and I sort of walk behind them towards the elevator and uh, (laughs) there are two elevators and the the first elevator door opens and some of these assistants, you know, we, him and I stand back and we let the assistants into the elevator. And the next thing we know, this elevator is full. It would be awkward if him and I walked into the elevator. So I press the button and the elevator door right next door opens up and I walk into an elevator with Richard Branson and one other person. And (laughs) it's this weird thing because you... (laughs) you know people talk about your elevator pitch i was literally in an elevator and and during the three hours that i was on the couch i never once thought well what am i actually gonna say to this guy (laughs) when i'm so there i am in this elevator and it was this really weird awkward situation i'm in this elevator and i'm just physically staring at richard (laughs) ranson and he's sort of looking at me and he's a little bit worried and confused as to why i won't take my eyes off him and and, you know, we're we're only going, I think it was the fourth or the fifth floor. Um, and eventually the doors open and I still haven't even said a word. And as the door opens, um, he's busy walking out of the elevator and I say, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Branson. Um, I, I just want to ask you one question. And he said, "What what's the question? And I don't, I, to this day, I still don't really know where it came from. But I said to him, uh, what's the one business you're too scared to start? <gasps> It was an amazing thing because I think subconsciously, I, you know, he was a big risk taker. He did nice. all this balloon flight stuff and he's this, you know, super successful entrepreneur. And I think at that point I asked him a, a question that really hit on, on two of the most important things in his life, which is, you know, sort of risk and, and being entrepreneurial and starting businesses. And he sort of stopped for a second. He looked at me and he goes, that's a really good question. And he looks at his uh, assistant who was waiting there for him. And she says, uh, you know, give this, give this guy a card. We need to get back to him. and Um, I got a phone call maybe an hour or so later and got invited to sit down with him for a few minutes and, and chatted to him a little bit about, um, you know, my entrepreneurial ideas and journey and his, and an amazing experience. And, and if I had listened to any of the voices that were in my head on that couch and I'd said, you know what, this is silly. I shouldn't be here. You know, he's not going to stop and talk to me. I, I never would have gotten a chance to meet him and be able to email him and, and have that relationship.
0: Wow, Christoph, I almost want to end the interview right now, because that was a <laughs> pinnacle of a story that I unfortunately just don't know how we're going to match it. But I mean, come on, it's possible. We're going to strive hard. That was just oh, I felt like I was there with you. I'm still like kind of nervous and awkward right now because you told that story yeah, so I well.
1: was awkward at the time but it was <laughs> uh, it was a, a pretty surreal experience. And um, it just made me realize that I think that You've gotta take chances. You gotta uh, take
0: chances. And it's that imposter syndrome that you're talking about that's just consuming you when you were on that couch, and it consumes all entrepreneurs at all walks of life every single day. And you know, it's just something we need to learn to embrace and get over instead of really letting us cower away and you scampering out the door before Richard came in would have changed a lot of things and it would have robbed us of an amazing story here on Entrepreneur on Fire in Christoph. Let's turn the spotlight now to your journey because man, you're obviously a storyteller of the nth degree and you already have admitted you've had some failures just like we all have as entrepreneurs. Share with us one story, one story that you can really take us down to the ground level just like you did with Richard Branson and tell us that time that you failed and the lessons you learned.
1: It's a tough one. I mean, I had a I had a a pretty monumental failure, a literally uh, a wipeout type of failure, and there were for a few reasons. The, the the first one was that I was quite young. I think I wasn't really prepared for that level of success, and I hadn't really done all the homework I needed to. But so I um, in 2006, I I got to travel to New York City for the first time, and I started doing some consulting work in the U.S. with a few businesses, and. I um in 2000, late 2007 2008 I ended up in in Vancouver in Canada and I met a company a, a big financial um bank that I finalized a a contract with over the course of um you know that we would do work for them for 2 years and it was a, a really massive contract I had to hire a bunch of people in order to fulfill the contract they were a global banks, so they were you know all over the world we had uh, various people I I hired some consultants that I'd worked with before at uh, other consulting firms like Bain and McKinsey and then the uh, the financial market crash happened and i know it affected a lot of people and um, you know my business is one of those we we within the space of 3 weeks or so we got notified by this bank that they were going to have to pull the plug on this project and they're going to have to pull the plug on our on our on our deal and you know i could choose to pursue it and pursue damages and all those sorts of things, or I can, I can walk away and potentially retain the relationship with the company. And I made the decision to, you know, to just walk away and, and maintain that relationship. And, but in the process I had made, you know, various promises to, to the people that were working for me at the time. And, um, some of them had families. So I had, you know, I, I chose to to use some of my own personal finances, my personal funds, to to effectively pay some of these people severance packages, um, because I knew that during that time, when there was so much financial uncertainty in the, and um, in the market and business, some of these people I knew would probably take a while before they would get jobs again. So, um, and it was a it was a pretty rough time. I mean, I remember a specific night vancouver is a pretty rainy place and and this is like a bad movie but i was literally walking in the rain you could have you could hear the sad violin music playing in the background oh i'm
0: as gonna I, key that violin I, <laughs> music
1: as i as i realized that um not only had i i failed but i'd lost uh, everything i built up financially up until that point and that up until that point you know i was still very young then i was 23 or so yeah 20 23 and um 24 and Um, up until that point a lot of the things I'd done in my life had been a success and I realized I was going to have to go back to South Africa I am going to have to admit defeat to a lot of people I'm going to have to explain to people why I'd structured the business so badly or why I'd used my own money to pay severance packages or all these different things that were just going to make people look at me and go wow you really messed up you know that's really failing or that was really silly or stupid or dumb or whatever it might be and and it took me a long time to recover from that. Or even worse,
0: Christoph, is those people that say, "I told you so. I told exactly. you it was wrong to become an entrepreneur to to take all that risk. I told you you should have just got that nice, comfy corporate job and and had your own health care and all of the above." Exactly.
1: Yeah, that's that's one hundred percent true. And I mean. What happens often to to many entrepreneurs, and and I think it all depends on what level you're at or what your internal mindset is. But every single person entrepreneur that I've spoken to that has encountered some form of failure has had that internal dialogue go, "Oh man, I really messed up. I shouldn't have done this, or maybe I should have done something else." And and I, you know, you can have that conversation over and over inside your head. I don't think you're going to get to some sort of solution. I, I think the big thing I took out of it is. It really shouldn't take you too long to get back up and start something else. Um, I think that's probably the biggest thing, and 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 you know just make sure that you embrace some of the the business lessons out of any failure, but then also more importantly, some of the personal lessons. You know, just sort of don't lose faith in who you are as a person when things fail, because it's it's inevitable. It's going to happen. I mean, um, you know, if 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 people gave up to failure in in various entrepreneurial adventures, we. We never would have had uh, electric cars or, uh, you know, specific cool inventions out there. So,
0: Don't lose faith in who you are as an entrepreneur, Christoph. I mean, that is pure gold and it's so important because as entrepreneurs we need to realize something. Our most valuable asset is the incredible skills mindset and everything that we are gaining on a daily basis working in the industry of being an entrepreneur. All of the incredible skills that nobody can take away from us because we are learning these skills by failing, by learning from those mistakes and failures, by succeeding, by learning from those successes. That's something that cannot be taken away. And so when the financial side of things was all taken away, I mean, you would have been the only person in the room if you thought that Kristoff was not going to get back on top. If you were in a room of smart entrepreneurs, everybody would have said, that guy, Kristoff, may have lost it all, but it's not going to take him long to get back on top because he knows what it takes to get there. It's just going to take one idea, one more time, and a little action, and a lot of effort. So, Christoph, let's go to the other end of the spectrum now because you already share with us that devastating failure, and it is devastating to to be financially distraught after the entire crash that happened and affected so many of us. But what's a light bulb moment that went off at some point in your journey? Share with us an aha moment and the steps that you took to turn that moment into success.
1: There are probably two two moments that really stand out in my life. And there were sort of these really pivotal moments um, in South Africa. There there's a lot of unemployment, which means that we've got a lot of people that work in sort of informal jobs or um, whether they be gardening services or maid and house cleaning services and things like that. And I had a, I had a maid or domestic worker as you call them in South Africa who um, would, would come and clean my house once a week. And uh, this woman arrived the one morning And she knocked on the door and I saw she was crying. And I uh I said to her, you know, uh Sylvia, what's what's wrong? And she said, Jacob died. And um, you know, I I felt really bad and I gave her a hug and I realized I didn't know who Jacob was. So I eventually sort of get up the courage to say, you know, I'm I'm really sorry. I don't know anything about your life or your family, you know, who's Jacob? Was he a husband, a son, a father? And um she said, <laughs> she said, Jacob was my goat. so so to give to paint the picture a little bit of south africa i mean we've got a lot of people that that live in in rural areas that work in the city and this is one of those cases so she lived on a little farm outside of the city and she would travel into the city every day for work and she had a little goat breeding business i didn't even know this at the time so and jacob was her main goat her her billy goat who fundamentally i guess was the business Uh, so when he died the business died and this was a this was an important side income for her um so I said well listen don't worry about it we can buy goats like this has got to be able to be done like someone has bought a goat before somewhere so I you know being any sort of you know young 20 something kid I went to to Google and started searching about how to buy (laughs) goats and I realized very quickly that there are some very disturbing things on google if you go google goats and things you don't really need yeah to find. don't
0: try so, youtube by the way that's exactly English.
1: or or that get lucky button on the google search it's <laughs> a really bad button for goat searches <laughs> oh. so i so i i say to her listen uh, i don't know anything about buying goats clearly where do we go and she she recommended this guy who lived on the other side of the city and we drove out there to this area that i'd never been to before and I went through this whole process of buying a goat, which is a lot more complicated than you think it is. Um, and we eventually got the goat back to her house after it had to drive in the back seat of my car because <laughs> she didn't have one. It was just, it was like, a, it was like a day that I'll never forget. And I, I realized, um, one that I, that you really need to take an interest in the people around you, um, and then the second thing was that uh, the backside of the story is that Sylvia actually stopped working as a maid or a domestic worker for people because her goat breeding business had grown so big over the last few years that she was able to support her entire family of you know six seven people. She was able to send both her sons to uh, to university with the money she made from this goat breeding business. So just by buying that one goat, I never knew it until a few years ago um, when I saw her again I, I changed her life so I think every single person it could be one interaction you have with someone else if you take an interest in their life you might give them something that um, can really change the course of their, their future and their destiny so I, I would invite people to maybe you know put down the phone stop texting for a second and have a real conversation with someone and figure out what they're about the, that was the one of the big aha moments of my life And
0: well Christoph before you go into the other one I just came up with a great phrase Give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. Give a woman a goat, you send two people to college.
1: How's that? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I knew it was going
0: to be worth that's,
1: it. There's probably more more uh, relevant in the third world than it would be, you know, in the States. But <laughs> it would be pretty funny <laughs> if for your, uh, you know, as instead of a bar mitzvah presents, you got a goat for uh, your 13th <laughs>
0: Oh, Christoph, <laughs> we could obviously stay on this topic because we're yeah. both pretty goat-happy right now, but let's launch into your second aha moment.
1: And the second aha moment was just that whole reaching out to people that can really change your life. Um, I put in a call to, when I started um, Birdie Bank, which is a sports media business, I put in a call to Jack Nicklaus's office, and Jack Nicklaus is obviously the, the greatest golfer to ever live. He's won the most majors, And I just took a chance and said, you know, I'd really like to talk to Mr. Nicholas about one or two things. And I know this sounds crazy and I know he's got a lot of fans, but maybe you can make it happen. And a few weeks later, I'm sitting in the car with a very good friend of mine who's golf crazy and the phone rings. And um, this lady puts me through to Jack. And I pick up the phone and I say, hi, this is Christoph. And say, hi, this is Jack Nicholas," And I literally (laughs) just... I went blank for a second. I I just couldn't believe that he was going to, that he called me. And we ended up having a great conversation. He gave me some amazing advice. He was an an amazing man, really. Um, And I think that the second aha is just, you know, there are all these 50-50 situations in life where, yes, someone might say no. And this counts for customers, mentors, whatever you want to call them, investors. Yes, they might say no, but they might also say yes. I think if you don't aren't willing to take that risk, you'll never potentially get the upside of of the yes. And and I've seen that happen with raising funding for businesses, meeting really influential people, and even you know on a romantic level. If you see that girl across the bar, yes, she might say no, but she might say yes, and it might change the rest of your life. So wow,
0: I love the theme that's developed on this interview, Christoph of. Just taking that risk, embracing fear, and you know, not letting the imposter syndrome take over. I mean, this is incredibly valuable for entrepreneurs, just like you said, in business, in life, and possibly in love. And Christoph, this takes us perfectly to today because, man, you have a lot of cool things going on. You already mentioned Birdie Bank. We talked briefly about said wow in the intro, but I'd love to hear with you what's really got you fired up today.
1: Well, I think there are two things. I mean, the first one is Birdie Bank really started out of this idea of, of sports and media needs to be different. So, I saw a lot of the sports stars, uh, specifically in golf, which is you know a sport that I I really enjoy. You know, every single time a microphone got put into their face, they'd give the same standard, boring, bad answers to questions. You know, just rehearsed answers that didn't really give any insight. So, um, I like where where sport and business and everything is going where people need to be more accessible they need to be more open and and um so what we did with birdie bank is really go and interview players in very informal and and sometimes even private settings at their homes and sit down and have a real conversation with them um you know so that their fans can see who they really are as human being and you know for the the companies that pay them endorsement fees you know that really justifies why someone needs to get paid millions of dollars to represent a brand you know they need to communicate not only their own values but the brand's values in some way so that's sort of birdie bank and sports media and where i hope sports media is going to evolve and that's what we want to do there um said wow is is really my project around my passion for communication and my my real belief that I think communication, the ability to communicate effectively is the number one skill people need in life. I think that anyone who can communicate well and confidently, uh, you know, can can really decide where they want to go in life, whether it is that they want to get a job, whether it is that they want to start a business. I think communicating effectively is going to become an even more important thing as we as we progress and go forward in time based on the fact that we've got so many distractions around us so said while we started out as this idea of how could we influence the world to help them communicate better so we focused on four key areas we said let's look at work let's look at relationships let's look at parenting And let's look at English second language. And in those four areas, we've got a bunch of different projects going on. Um, Just in an area of work, as an example, we're doing work with uh, quite a few business schools um, in North America where we've created, you know, online video courses for their students to go through in order to be able to learn how to effectively communicate. And communication is a weird thing. I, uh, (laughs) I realized that many people when you say oh we're going to teach them to communicate better people think oh you mean public speaking and presentation skills where i need to stand in front of a group of people and speak like this and point at things at the opportune times right. in order for people to know what i'm saying no for me the number one thing about communication is authenticity that's it that's all that it matters it's it's your ability to connect with someone else authentically not to put on a play or a facade or to be an actor in a show. It's for you to connect with someone on an authentic level. And that happens, the best businesses, the best marketing that I've seen is when a, a business authentically communicates who they are, what their product is to the right person and the right customer. And I think the same is true in in personal communication. You know, Whether you're doing a speech in, or a presentation at a conference in front of a thousand people or whether you're doing a or having a conversation with one other person if you're not authentic and if you don't understand psychology and persuasion and all these different things about communication and and people's needs and wants and desires then you're going to fail at it and i and i think that it is the number one skill that people need to have in, in business and in life
0: Wow, Christoph! I mean, that word authenticity just resonates with me incredibly well. And, you know, somebody that tries to really relate to people on that level in many different facets of life and, and seeing other entrepreneurs doing that as well, that is the one thing that does continue to ring through. So thank you for sharing that. And we're going to step in here to thank our sponsors. Have you ever thought about starting your own mobile app business? Let me guess. Your answer is yes, but you don't think it's possible. The reasons why are many, including the fact that you don't know anything about programming. Well, I must say, having someone create the Entrepreneur on Fire app was a huge win for our business. I only wish we could have found someone to create it for us sooner. It not only let Fire Nation know that we cared about their needs and wants, it also made it a lot easier to listen to our episodes from anywhere. Am I right? Right. If you're interested in doing the same for other businesses, then I invite you to check out Business Apps. Business Apps has created a white label platform to create and manage custom mobile apps along with all the marketing materials and support you need. No wonder they call it a mobile app reseller company in a box. Visit businessapps.com. That's B-I-Z-N-E-S-S-Apps.com to learn more. There are a ton of important things that go into launching your own business. And guess what? Being an entrepreneur means that you're in charge of all of them. Having this responsibility means there are several areas where you can easily get caught up in the minute details that really shouldn't be holding you back from launching. Design projects are just one example. I'm not saying your logo or website design aren't important. They definitely are. But these are the types of projects many entrepreneurs use as excuses for delaying their launch. You can upgrade, tweak, or revise your design at any time. Believe me, i revised Entrepreneur on Fire's logo six times since my launch. Translation, stop using design as your excuse for not launching. There's never going to be a better time to start than right now. The best part is it only takes a week at 99designs. All you have to do is visit 99designs.com fire and you'll get a $99 power pack of services for free. It's just a perfect segue to what my favorite part of the interview is, and that's the lightning round. Because this is where I get to ask you a series of questions, and you come back at us, Fire Nation style, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Let's do it. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
1: Uh, self-doubt, fear, ego. Um, you know, when con- conventional wisdom in in inverted quotes there. Uh, People in your life would prefer it if you went and got a job or did something else that was probably safer.
0: What is the best advice you've ever received?
1: Probably seeking negative feedback. I think Elon Musk is a big proponent of this, you know, sort of really seeking negative feedback and not just for the opportunity to learn and adapt in your business or your product, but really so that you almost desensitize your ego a little bit, you know, So that whenever you do hear negative feedback, it doesn't just completely demoralize you. You know, sort of you just walk, take it and use it and move on and, and improve.
0: Absolutely, Christoph. And with Podcasters Paradise, which is our community to create, grow and monetize your podcast, when we have people that sign up and they've been in it for a couple of weeks, we send them a one question survey. What do you like least about Podcasters Paradise? And you know what? Those emails are tough for me to open because I know it's going to have negative criticism and it's going to have negative feedback. But holy crap, has it been incredibly valuable for us to improve Podcasters Paradise with every single response.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, that's, that's really important. Every single business that is hesitant to request negative feedback are businesses that are ultimately going to lose touch with their, their customers.
0: Can you share one of your personal habits, Christoph, that you believe contributes to your success?
1: I used to be a big goal setting person um I used to sit down and think about what I want in my life and set all these goals and have all these aspirations and I think that they're very important I think goals are important um in terms of a vision of what it is that you want but the thing that I've really reverted to lately is systems um I think that systems really get results so you know, it's the same way you see with some of those companies, they'll have this mission or vision statement of some kind sitting on a wall somewhere. But I don't really care about that. I care about what they do on a day to day basis and how they actually run themselves as a business. And um, I think that, you know, if you're going to have goals, make sure that you've got very specific systems on a daily basis of what you're doing in order to get to that place where you want to get to. So I would, I would say systems. And I, I mean, I've seen what you've done with the with this podcast in terms of your systems and interviewing people and the way that you do it. It just it, it really sort of can almost guarantee success if you follow a good system.
0: Love that. Do you have an internet resource, Christoph, like in Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners?
1: If I think of apps specifically, I mean, I think lift app is great in terms of forming habits. I think that uh, there's another thing called my fitness pal, which I've re- used recently to track diets and, uh, things like that if you 're into golf at all in any way shape, or form there 's an app called v one Golf which allows you to video your swing and transpose it or or mirror it with a top golfer in the world, so you can actually see what they do and what you do at the exact same time and play it and see how <laughs> how depressingly bad you are uh, <laughs> but it's a it 's a great tool because it it shows you how it should be done um and then other resources things that i 've really um i think sometimes we forget about forums i think forums are just this amazing resource online for any form of research and marketing and um you know if you're if you're thinking about starting a business or a product i can guarantee you that there's a forum out there where people are talking about it and if there isn't then you probably shouldn't be starting that business or that product (laughs)
0: yeah exactly (laughs) this Proof of concept when there's forms out there for sure. In Fire Nation, you can find the links to these resources and everything that Christoph and I are chatting about here today at eofire.com slash Christoph Apple. Christoph, if you could recommend just one book for our listeners, what would it be?
1: I'll recommend one for men because I think men, you know, not to sound sexist at all, but I think that some <laughs> of the challenges that men face in life are quite unique. Too late. And
0: you sound like a chauvinist <laughs> peg.
1: <laughs> not at all, actually, if you hear the book. So, the the book is, strangely enough, the book's title is The Way of the Superior Man and it's written by David Data. It's a very, very enlightening thought-provoking book it challenges a lot of the concepts of being a man in the modern world and and really being a man who not only serves himself but serves the the woman or the feminine figure in his life it's a very important book from a personal growth point of view something that every man should read it deals with things about father uh you know any sort of father figures that you've had in your life what it would be like to actually be a father it it addresses um you know, things like sexuality, it, it, it addresses pursuing your passion and your purpose in life and not giving up on that regardless of anything else. And, um, so that's for, that's for men exclusively, I think, or anyone who has some sort of a, a masculine essence. And then the next one, I'd probably say, um, choose yourself by James Altucher. Very, very good book. Great author, phenomenal writer. You definitely want to go read his blog. You you definitely want to pick up the book and read that. Really talk about an authentic person and an authentic communicator. There's one. Just go watch any of his uh, any of his talks or any of, read any of his writing, and you'll hear very quickly that he is authentic to a fault. Like he he will tell you stories about himself that will make you cringe, but it just makes you realize this guy's a real person. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, and Christoph, you can check out eofire.com slash James Altucher for a wonderful interview that we did a handful of months back. And for Fire Nation, and maybe for you too, Christoph, because you are such a fan of James, he actually read the audiobook for Choose Yourself himself and there's a number of times during that audiobook where he's like, "You know what? This part's not even in the book, but I'm going to go on a little riff here."
1: <laughs> Sounds like him. And there's
0: another time where he says, "My wife keeps walking in here. Honey, no, I don't have to go to the bathroom. Leave me alone." <laughs> so it's a real funny, it's a real audiobook read. It's not like one of those drone audiobooks you get on Audible all the time. So Fire Nation I know you love audio, so if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook like Choose Yourself for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Christoph, this next question is the last question of the lightning round, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of. But all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days?
1: Okay, so I'd put on my entrepreneurial hat. And this is, this is the weird thing about being an entrepreneur is that people think that entrepreneurs are these superheroes, and they're really not. Entrepreneurs are just people who who notice problems. They, they notice problems and they come up with solutions. So... Um, and anyone can do it if you can get past those voices in your head so the first thing I do is I'd go out into this new world and I just look at things that are broken or things that are problems to people or I'd ask people what their problems were and then I'd see if I could come up with some sort of a solution or you know work with other people to find some sort of a solution I don't even know if you necessarily have to use that $500 initially the laptop would be handy but yeah I think if anything is everywhere around you someone has come up with a solution for a problem and it's it's made them a lot of money it's brought a lot of happiness to people whether it's a the um the cup holder around a starbucks coffee cup that doesn't burn your hand like i'm sure there's some guy somewhere who's just making millions of dollars based on that patent, and it's <laughs> so simple but it's just solving a problem so um so i would i would try and look for all the problems i can find in this new world and try and solve them as cheaply and as easily and quickly as possible and hopefully meet some really cool people along the way
0: It's such sound advice, Christoph. I mean, Entrepreneur on Fire was the answer to my problem. I wasn't getting enough podcasts to get me to work and back, to get me to the gym and back. I was commuting five days a week. I was going to the gym and Entrepreneur on Fire answered my problem and now many others and it's turned into a -a six-figure-a-month business. In about a year. So, I mean, that's what you can really do, Fire Nation, to the listeners out there, when you search out, seek out, and find problems, and then create solutions for them. And Christoph, man, I knew this was going to be a great interview, but as always, you overdelivered, and I was inspired by every story you shared, and I want you to give one last spark of inspiration to Fire Nation with a parting piece of guidance, share the best way that we can find you, and then we'll say goodbye.
1: I mean just carrying on from what you just said there you 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 started with a problem there wasn't a podcast you had an idea for creating a podcast you created the podcast it's now a really successful business you know I don't think you particularly had a bunch of skills that other people don't have no. and and I think that any person who's listening to this podcast right now it's great to hear some of the amazing phenomenal interviews of some of the really successful people that you've interviewed and and but I think for a lot of the listeners that are sitting out there that have an idea somewhere inside them and just haven't pulled the trigger on it i really think that maybe today is the day that you go and put that system in place in order to get that product out there because if you're not going to do it today then you're probably never going to start doing it so i would i would really say that if you've got an idea if you've seen a problem somewhere start solving it and and figure out the business around it while you're doing it um Cause there's, there's no difference between, you know, you, me, the Richard Branson, Elon Musks of the world. They're, they're just guys who've solved problems and some of them get paid better than others, but it's, it's really a rewarding experience of, uh, and it's, it's probably the fastest way to personal growth, I think. Um, in terms of where to look me up or find me, um, you can check out saidwow.com. That's S A I D W O W.com. Uh, I blog a little bit at ChristopheApple.com. And yeah, send me an email at Christophe at com or christoph at com. It's uh, pretty easy to get a hold of me. And if you're into golf, you can go check out birdiebank.com.
0: For sure. And Christoph Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links to everything of value that we've mentioned in today's episode at eofire.com. They can click on the podcast tab because you are hanging out in the archives or just enter Christoph in the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up, Fire Nation. Christoph, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise, and experience. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side.
1: Awesome, thanks, John.
0: Are you prepared for a journey down the fire path? Join us on this exciting experience as we share our most prized lessons learned in a weekly exclusive email series. Each email includes a deep dive into a single topic, all of which are integral to starting and growing a successful business. The Firepath is where your passion and our guidance unite. Visit thefirepath.com to sign up today.